You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Welcome back, everybody, to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I'm Ethan Haristadoulou, and today, as we always do, power rankings for week number 14 of the NFL. A lot to get into, a lot to go over. Some pretty big and consequential wins and losses for some top teams in the league in terms of the games players. There is a lot we have to discuss. So let's talk about it. Let's break it all down. Before we get going, I have a question of the day for you guys that I would like to hear some answers about. With the 49ers losing Jimmy Garoppolo for the season, can they still be a legitimate contender and make a run with Brock Purdy as their quarterback going the rest of the way? Let me know in the comment section down below. I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say because the 49ers have an excellent defense and we'll get into that when we talk about them, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this one here because I know they just came away with a big victory over the Dolphins, but can Brock Purdy continue to roll and show us what he did in that victory the rest of the way? Mr. Irrelevant of it from the draft. I don't know. He looked pretty good. But let's dive into these power rankings. We'll start with the bottom four here, beginning with 32 through 29. And we have at the bottom, as they have been all season long, the Houston Texans at number 32, the Denver Broncos sitting at 31, the Rams at 30, and then the Colts dipping down a few spots here to number 29. So the Texans have been Pretty much at the bottom of the entire season. Not really a ton to get into. They are working their way to the number one overall pick in the draft. And then you have the Denver Broncos here who could not defeat a Lamar Jackson-less Baltimore Ravens. And, I mean, the offensive issues just continue to roll through. An excellent defense, arguably one of the best in the league, considering their offense does nothing for them and they still hold teams to, like, sub-17 points a game. Fantastic unit. Cannot believe they are where they are with how great of a defense they have, but it is what it is with the Denver Broncos. The Rams sitting at number 30 as they just kind of continue to fall apart with more and more injuries. Uh, They obviously brought Matthew Stafford onto the IR now, and he's probably going to just sit out and be done for the rest of the season. I don't really see any reason for him to come back at this point. And then we have ourselves the Indianapolis Colts at 29 getting absolutely whacked in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys. The game was close, but then the mistakes and just the falling apart was like nothing I've ever really seen before, I feel like. And maybe there's some more examples of what we saw with them on Sunday Night Football, but you cannot let 33 points get scored on you in a single quarter, let alone the fourth quarter when a game is semi-close, but... It is what it is. The Colts are what they are at this point. And at this point, they need some more infusion of talent and are probably better off losing the rest of the way. Next group before we have the Jaguars at 28, the Bears at 27, the Saints at 26, and then the Panthers at 25. So Jaguars and Bears actually slip down here and make, make some room for the Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Jaguars... I will say this, I expected them to be competitive with the Lions, and I actually picked them to win the game, but I did not expect them to just let the Lions completely roll them over and drop 40 points on them, especially after coming off of a big upset victory over the Ravens just the week prior, but it is what it is with the Jaguars, a team that's a work in progress, but definitely one that I think is trending in the right direction. They just need more talent, ultimately, and I think more time under Doug Peterson, so we'll see where they go, but as of right now, This season's kind of coming to a tough end for them. Trevor Lawrence escaping a massive knee injury. I don't know how he didn't blow something in his knee when he got sacked, but he didn't. Thank goodness he's all right. But ultimately, 
you know, just kind of a, a working their way to a, a tough season end, despite what looked like a maybe like a turnaround point towards the end of the season for the team just last week. Then the Bears, of course, losing to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in unspectacular fashion. I will say that Justin Fields really made that game competitive up until the very end there. Ultimately, though, the Packers defense just kind of slowly falling apart as the season has gone on. You're allowing a Packers team to put up 28 that has been barely able to score 20 in a handful of games here now. So it is what it is with the Bears. The Saints actually moving up a spot in their loss. They were very competitive in this game, and it came down to literally the final three seconds with Brady throwing a touchdown to win the game and doing his thing with a record 44th comeback in his NFL career. But ultimately, that is a game you just should not have lost being up 13 in the fourth quarter. And this is one of those things where you're you have an opportunity to stay in the running for the NFC South, but you drop this game here and it was a must win situation. So tough night for them, but they still move up just because of how bad the Jaguars and Colts losses were funny enough, even in their loss, they slide up a spot. And the Panthers, obviously an off week, didn't do anything, but they move up as well because of just how bad some of the other teams below them got basically whooped during this week. So hats off to the Panthers. You have a successful bye week. Next group before we have the Arizona Cardinals at 24. During their bye week, they actually slipped down a couple of spots here because of some teams moving around. The Falcons at 23, the Steelers at 22, and then the Packers at 21. So the Falcons dropping because of their loss to the Steelers here. A little bit disappointed, but I think it's time we start to really see Desmond Ritter and get an opportunity to see what he can do with this offense here. Think It feels like the wheels are kind of starting to fall off with the Falcons. They had a really high-powered offense early in the season, but it's just, it, it doesn't really seem, and maybe because you have a Steelers team that's rejuvenated with TJ Watt that could totally be the reason why but I feel like we're kind of missing the high power we were seeing a little bit earlier in the season from the Falcons and I'm interested in seeing what Desmond Ritter can really bring to the table so I would like to see him be the guy going forward I think we've kind of seen all that we can with Marcus Mariota as a starter he's had some great moments don't get me wrong but I think it's time to step forward and see what we can get out of Desmond Ritter. Now, the Steelers, hats off to them. This team is so much better on the defensive side of the ball with TJ Watt. It's kind of unbelievable how much of a difference maker he is. He he is like the heart and soul and motor of this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Without him, this is like a bottom five team. With him, this is like a team that could go nine and eight if he was there the entire season, despite the way the state of the roster is at this very moment with the flaws that it has. It is incredible just how good TJ Watt is and how much better he makes even the entire team, just the juice he brings when he's on the field to everyone. It's unbelievable. So hats off to the Steelers for getting a win here. I honestly didn't think they could get it done. I know they were favorites going into the game in terms of like gambling, but I really thought the Falcons could get it done at home, but hats off to the Steelers, man. Big victory for them. The defense fantastic when TJ Watt is on the field. Then the Green Bay Packers at 21, they get a big victory over the Bears. Aaron Rodgers continues his dominance over Chicago. And uh, for a season that's somewhat lost here, at least you know Christian Watson is going to be a guy for you. Eight touchdowns in the last four games is incredible. And he is just tearing things up right now if only this was you know going on in the early portions of the season the Packers might be in a more competitive spot and really fighting and true like truly in the fight for maybe that like number seven seed in the playoffs right now 
Then at 21, we're looking at the Las Vegas, excuse me, 20, the Las Vegas Raiders. At 19, we have the Detroit Lions. At 18, the Buccaneers. And at 17, we have the Cleveland Browns. So Raiders move up here with a big victory over the Chargers. They actually flew up a few spots here. I believe I had them at 24 last week. Big victory for them, winning 27-20 to 20 over the Chargers in a game that I didn't really expect them to come away with a victory because, all things considered, I just really thought that the Chargers would be able to get this one done because they have more of the playoff hopes alive. They had more to fight for, and, you know, sometimes it's the teams that have nothing left to fight for that end up being the more aggressive team and the one that comes out victorious. But hats off to the Raiders, man. They're starting to, it seems like they're maybe starting to figure things out here. I know it's been a very rocky season for the Raiders, and it's probably not going to end up with a playoff spot for them, at least right now. Who knows? Maybe they'd win the rest of their games and some other teams lose in the AFC, and who knows? Maybe they slip in. But right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to be in the playoffs. However, with the ship kind of steering more so in the right direction now, they've rattled off a few wins in a row here. Things are starting to look up for Las Vegas. At one point, I had them towards the bottom of the league. I think at the lowest I had them was like 30 or 31. So they're climbing the back up, looking a little bit better than they did at like the midpoint of the season. The Lions dropping 40 on the Jaguars. Offense continuing to look like the dominant force that it is when things get rolling. Despite so many injuries in the O-line, they got... Scored on eight straight possessions. One of the I think the first team in four years to be able to score on all eight possessions that they had. Unbelievable stuff. I just, you know, it, hats off to the Lions, man. Incredible stuff from them. If if their defense was just like a few licks better, it would be such a dominant unit like team in general because they've lost some heartbreaking games and they've been in a lot of those games and like even just like by like a few points or like six, seven, eight, something like that. This is a Lions team that. A lot of people, and I hear it around here too in New England. It's funny to hear people around here say it, but, but like people like crap on Dan Campbell all the time. And I, I don't get why, because players get the, like, just bring the absolute best for him. They love playing for him as a coach. And I really cannot wait to see this Lions team with some more pieces on the defensive side of the ball, because if they can put together a good defense and I was having this conversation as well. I think Jared Goff might be the guy for this team, all things considered. He might be the guy going forward. He seems like he really has this offensive system figured out. And I know everyone's like, you know, go after someone good in the draft and yada, yada, yada. Jared Goff might be the guy. He played in a Super Bowl. And to be fair, I have written him off several times in his career. But with the way things are cooking over there on offense in Detroit, he might be their guy. They might not need to draft a quarterback. They might just be able to stick with him and keep the ball rolling with the group that they have right now. At 18, we have ourselves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Tom Brady doing his thing. Again, I had mentioned it when we were talking about the Saints earlier. 44th comeback victory in his career. A record for the NFL. I mean... It, Tom Brady is Tom Brady at the end of the day. This has not been the season that maybe he would have wanted to have, but if you have Tom Brady, you have a chance. And to be down 13 in the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure the it was like 1-43 in 43 or something like that in his career, the one being that game against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And for him to come away with a victory here and you know essentially take a, a dominant lead in what has been an awful NFC South, hats off to him, hats off to the entire team, some very questionable decision making by the Saints ultimately leading to that victory, you know, with the with with the bringing in Mark Ingram and, you know, the third and one because he didn't make it to the first down, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the Buccaneers took what the Saints gave them and they came away with a victory. They're still well in the hunt for the playoffs. They're leading the NFC South. 
We'll see where the rest of this season takes them. But you have Brady, you have a shot. And then at 17, the Browns, um, offensively, not great. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, a lot of rust to knock off. But hats off to every other unit that scored touchdowns, whether it was defensive, special teams, to be able to come away with a victory like that the way they did. Uh, very weird victory at the very least it, when I when I look at it, but it is what it is. I'm hoping that this offense can put it together, but I will say after this first game, not quite what I wanted to see from this offense, but take the win. You know, playoff hopes are still technically alive in Cleveland, so we'll see where the rest of the season takes them, but not necessarily the greatest comeback game for Deshaun Watson. The offense, again, not looking awesome, but everyone else was putting up points on the boards for the team, so you come away with a victory. At number 16, we're looking at the Chargers. 15, we have the Patriots. 14 is the Seahawks. And then 13 is the New York Jets. The Chargers. Uh, talk about dropping the ball on this one here. This was a must-win game if you wanted to really keep yourself in the thick of the playoffs here. And to drop this game the way you did, that is going to make the rest of this season even more stressful for you. I'm seeing some people really start to question Brandon Staley, and I'm hearing a lot of shouting for Sean Payton. And, you know, while that is a very fun idea, don't really know how realistic that whole thing is. But, you know, there is just, it's weird for how much talent, and I understand that the Chargers have injuries. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's hurt right now, though. You know, I just, I would expect this team to be better than the six and six record that they're at. So, this is another one of those teams we'll kind of see where the season takes them the rest of the way. But, for you to drop this game where you needed to get this victory to keep yourself in the thick, like at least like in a, in a lead position for like that, the, you know, seven, six seeds, this was not a game to lose. And it just, with mistakes being made on offense, the offensive line kind of in shambles, which is like, what can you do injuries and whatnot? The defense also just can't stop the run. We'll see what the chargers can do, but not a great loss. Patriots, you know, they are what they are, and there's so much offensive dysfunction with this team right now. The defense, a lot of people are saying, you know, overrated, and maybe there's an argument for that, but I just think that if the offense was a little more competent and they were able to move the ball more, it would help the defense out a little bit more in their situation, and, you know, I think the loss it against the Bills this week on Thursday, not great, you know, it the offense is just a mess, man. I can't believe Matt Patricia is really the play caller and that they went through with that. And, you know, 12 games into the season, it's about where you'd expect it to be. There's clear frustrations boiling over here in New England as well. So this is, again, and I feel like I keep saying this a lot, but there's a few teams on this in the league right now that it's like, oh, I guess we'll see where this takes them because they are in the hunt for the playoffs right now. But I just, I can't believe that the offensive dysfunction is as bad as it is in New England because you have Ramondre Stevenson, who was my guy for like the next, he was my next man up for the Patriots, and he has been that next man up. He has been the guy on offense for them, but it's just unfortunate to see, you know, questionable decision-making all over the place when it comes to play calling for New England. It's, it's, it's really frustrating as well because I think that this team could be a lot better if they just had a more competent system being pushed over there in New England. At number 14, we have the Seahawks getting a victory over the Rams. And this was a win that you needed to get. You got it done. Tariq Woolen is probably one of the best draft selections of this year. Six interceptions on the season. And that guy is an athletic freak. And he has, with the size, the speed, his ability to cover just about any receiver in the NFL, he is going to be something special. And he is showing it in year one. 
I'm really curious to see what his final interception total ends up being at the end of the season because he's just he swallows up receivers and you test him and he can make some you know outrageous catches. It's like and I feel like I'm talking about a wide receiver right now, but no, I'm talking about a cornerback. Tariq Woolen is a monster. Seahawks, you guys have a good one here. And then at number 13, we have the Jets. Tough loss. You know, you, you, you were right there, this close. Mike White hype train, I definitely think is still chugging along right now. It really sounds like the team is behind him. And I'm hearing, he, like, even hearing talks of, you know, do they move on from, from uh, Zach Wilson? I almost forgot his name because Mike White's so hot over there in New York right now. Uh, I, I don't know, but... There is, you know, you have players wearing Mike White shirts and, you know, the team is like all in on him, it feels like. And that was not the feeling around Zach Wilson. And you have like the spoiled rich kid conversation going on. I know it's New York, so the media is always louder. The narratives always, you know, speak sharper. But my goodness, there is some drama brewing in New York right now. And even in their loss to the Vikings, Mike White didn't look terrible. That's for sure. And this offense, since losing Brees Hall, has never really felt more alive than with Mike White under center. That's all I've got to say about the Jets. At number 12, we have the Titans tumbling down a few spots here. The Giants at number 11, the Commanders at 10, and then the Ravens at number 9. So, the Titans. This is the second time now this year that they've gotten blown out. They lost to the Bills in horrible fashion. They lost to the Eagles now in horrible fashion. I don't really know what to make of this team. They're going to win the AFC South because of just how poor the rest of that division is. But I really don't know what to make of them because they are, and I say this all the time, they are one of the most well-coached teams in the NFL. Mike Vrabel gets the absolute most out of his team with all the injuries and what have you. His team is always competitive and you can never really count them out. But my goodness, do they just get like absolutely clobbered sometimes in games and like I know it's I expected that I picked the Eagles to win the game but I did not expect them to win by 25 like it just doesn't I don't understand what happens with the Titans it's a crazy thing you know some games they're just bulldozing over people and Ryan Tannehill's on it and you know the defense looks really good and then other games like like I said the Bills and the Eagles you're just getting dog walked for four quarters I don't know what is up with that and we'll see if that's a catalyst for how the rest of the season goes for them. If maybe they start to fall off in the AFC, but <clears throat> such a good team that has like really bad losses and like really bad losses at number 11, the giants and at 10, the commanders, uh, they both slipped up a spot because of the Titans slipping down here, ending in a draw between these two teams and fittingly enough right next to each other. I give the edge to the commanders because I know chase young is imminent and I feel like we've been talking about that for like the better part of a month now, but he's going to be coming back soon. And when he's 100%, that defensive front, as good as it's already been, is only going to get better. So I do have a slight edge for the commanders because I think this team gets even better. You have the bye week now and facing off against each other. This is going to be an interesting matchup to see. The game and when games end in a tie, it's always such a weird feeling. You watch both teams, they come onto the field, and you know, nobody's happy about it. Silence, and it's you know, the crowd's just kind of like, How do I feel? Like, great, we didn't get a loss, but damn, we should have gotten a win, you know? But I will say this 
be happy you got the tie. It's better than a loss at the end of the day. It helps you in the playoff run because having one in the tie column is better than one in the loss column. So, you know, it's obviously not a satisfaction type of feeling because, you know, you at least feel something when you win or lose, but it's better than a loss at the end of the day for both of these teams. Now, at number nine, let's talk about this Ravens team here. Lamar Jackson, knee sprain. Not considered to be a season-ending thing, which is excellent. Defense against the Brown, uh, the Broncos, excellent job. That's You should be holding that team to nine points. Their offense has stunk all year long. I am a little bit concerned about this offense. I, it, it's been really shaky the last like month, it feels like, not putting up nearly as much as I would expect. And maybe it's because of the, the talent at wide receiver and some injuries, but... I am a little bit concerned about them offensively. I still think they are one of the better teams in the league. The fact that you have Tyler Huntley is like the best backup in any situation in the NFL. He is the perfect backup piece for this Ravens team to replace Lamar Jackson whenever that injuries like pop up. And anywhere else, I don't think it works out as well. So hats off to the Ravens for employing and keeping this guy around because I'm sure that there are other teams interested in him just because of how successful he has been as the Ravens backup, but he is in his perfect spot over there in Baltimore. And I think it would be a mistake to let him go anywhere else. I still think they're a playoff team. We'll see how long Lamar Jackson is out. If he even misses any games, it's a knee sprain. So we'll see. I'm assuming he maybe misses a game, but I don't know at the very least. Um, We'll just have to keep an eye on the offense. Defense looks really good. It's just, it's the offensive play calling. It, it, not the play calling. I don't want to say that. It just like, it, there's just like this weird dysfunction about Baltimore. And uh, uh, this is a team that I feel like should be dropping an easy, like 25 points a game. And they're in a, just a weird funk right now. In a really weird funk. Next group of four. Dolphins taking a tumble down from their number two spot. I had them at last week, all the way down to number eight. 49ers are sitting at number seven. Chiefs are at number six with their loss to the Bengals. And the Bills are sitting at number five. So the Dolphins clearly running into a brick wall that was the 49ers defense. Uh, Tua getting hurt. A little bit scary. Sounds like he's all right, though. Not anything too crazy. I will say, though, that the offensive line needs to get healthy. That is probably the biggest issue with them right now. And and that was showed big time going up against the 49ers. The 49ers at number seven, uh, listen, I, I asked this question at the beginning of the video. They could arguably be higher. I, I have kind of doubted the 49ers for a large part of this season so far, and I will admit that openly. Um, I don't know if they're going to be a legit contender now with Jimmy Garoppolo down. For as much as I rag on Jimmy G for not being a great quarterback, he was at least serviceable, and he has been solid the last month. So, you know, he was playing some really good football. Now that he's out, Brock Purdy stepped in, had a great game. Trust me, I went back, I watched the replay for that one, made sure to really look at it because, you know, the fact that Brock Purdy came in and the 49ers came away with, what was it, 33 points? Unbelievable stuff. And, you know, at that, you you lead a a big victory over a a legitimate AFC contender here. Um, We'll just, this is like a we'll see team. Again, I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but there is a few teams in some really weird situations right now. 49ers with the defense that they have are a legitimate team in the NFC. Without a doubt, they're eight and four right now. They're hot. They're just about as hot as anyone else in the NFC at the moment. But is Brock Purdy going to be able to play that way the rest of the season? Mr. Irrelevant, 
you know, time to step up. It sounds like the team's going to rally around him. Then he is the guy for them going forward, at least for right now. It would, I think it would be a mistake for the 49ers to go grab Baker Mayfield, like everyone's saying. I think that you have somebody who's been here the whole season, and he just came, came in and stepped up and looked pretty solid. A couple of questionable throws. His throw to Xavier Howard, you know, one of the best pass catchers as a cornerback in the NFL. Probably don't need to be throwing the ball to him in a contested, you know, position the way he did. Aside from that, though, solid game, looked good. If he can just manage, this defense can carry him fairly far. The Chiefs at number six, dropping to the Bengals. The Bengals just have the Chiefs number, man. Joe Burrow is as cold as ice when it comes to the Chiefs, and funny enough. But the Chiefs offensively, still an excellent team. Defensively, still an excellent team. You lose 27 to 24. I'm not really too worried about the Chiefs. They're they're nine and three. Like uh, I'm not going to be too worried about them. Big loss for them. I had them at number one. I tumbled them down a little bit because they have lost to the Bills and the Bengals, and they've shown some weaknesses in those games. We'll see where the Chiefs end up going forward, but at this point, you're looking at a team that's, I mean, they're going to be like within the top three seeding, and they're still fighting for that number one seed even with this loss this week. I'm not too, too worried about them. Like, you lose to the Bengals, but you're still ahead of them in seeding right now because of your record. So... I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. Not a lot of teams can give the the Chiefs problems the way the Bengals do. They just seem to, they have that game. They have that team figured out for whatever reason. Interestingly enough, one of those weird things about the NFL, but I'm not too worried about the Chiefs going forward. Bills, they get a big victory over a division rival in Gillette at that. Awesome for them. They slide up a spot because of that win here. And, you know, it seems like as every single week goes by, Josh Allen is looking less and less like things are bothering him. And, the running game really came to life in this game against New England. For for them to be able to try to like preserve him as much as possible is important. I feel like as the weeks go on, it, the elbow thing becomes less and less of an issue. But for them to be able to dominate the way they did and then just really start to milk the clock in the back half of that game and protect his elbow is key for this team going forward. And... I mean, the Bills are, they're looking as good as they have been all season. And yeah, they have a few losses here and there that leave you scratching your head, but they're still one of the best in the AFC. And then for the top four here, a lot of movement going around in the top eight altogether. This was a big week of movement for this entire grouping here. The final four teams at number four, we have the Minnesota Vikings. At number three, we're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals. At two, we have the Dallas Cowboys. And then at number one, the Eagles reclaim the top spot. So, Vikings sitting at number four here. Um, The defense is a little bit suspect. I'm going to say that. They continue to struggle when it comes to defending the pass. You have the game last week where the Patriots looked as good as ever passing the football this season. And then this game here, Mike White doing his thing. There are some things that make me a little bit worried about the Vikings defense. But that offense is just so good and puts up enough points. And at this point, they are the most battle-tested team in the league where I think that, what is it, like eight or nine games now where they've won by a possession. They just figure out ways to win, whether that's Kevin O'Connell, whether it's Kirk Cousins coming through in the clutch or Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook or somebody on the defensive side of the ball coming away with a big turnover when it matters most or a sack, something like that. This team is finding ways to win and, and you know, you look at some teams in the NFL and like the lions were a good example last year. They had like seven or eight losses by one possession. And it's like, wow, this team could have been, you know, seven or eight wins better. If the ball just tipped their direction, the Vikings are that team where the ball is bouncing in their favor and they're finding ways to win. And that's all that matters right now. I know they just got their doors blown off by the Cowboys just a few weeks ago. And if they have to go up against that team again, we'll see if it's the same end result. But 
They're still one of the better teams in the NFC right now. I think, though, if the 49ers were a little bit healthier in some key spots, like the quarterback, I probably wouldn't have the Vikings so high from the NFC. Bengals at number three. I think that they are right now the team to beat, at least in the AFC, that is. Uh, you know, you take down the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have been red hot this season for quite a while now. Uh, they've just been kind of rolling since their loss to the Bills. I This is a team that I think is really better than their 8-4 and four record. And if they didn't have such a rocky start to the season, they're probably the number one seed right now in the AFC. Joe Burrow has really gotten this offense rolling. The offensive line is really starting to gel. And it was clear earlier in the season that they, they had some work to do, and they've definitely put in that work and gotten it together. I'm excited to see where this team is going forward. But right now, I'm feeling really good about the Bengals. The Cowboys' defense, as good as it has been all season long, the offense coming away with massive points and the defense with some turnovers. Malik Hooker having like the revenge game of his life against Indianapolis with the interception and the scoop and score. I mean, the Cowboys are what they are. They are a very dominant team on defense, arguably the best defense in the NFL right now. And on top of that, they have a really good offense to back it up, and they are rolling right now. I can't believe I'm looking at a power rankings right now that I put together personally where I'm looking at two NFC East teams in the one and two spot. And then at the very top there, the Eagles ultimately blowing out what a lot of people considered a, a legitimate AFC contender in the Titans. And they, I, I mean, they still are. They're going to they're gonna win the AFC South. But the Eagles are just rolling right now. And again, they're one of those teams that great defense – they can get it done through the air. They can get it done through the ground. And they are my consensus number one team. And it was not really a lot of thought put into this one here. I had them drop down a little bit for a few weeks, but they're right back into that pole position in the NFL. They are from top to bottom, like on their roster, they're one of the deepest teams in the league and they can just get it done in so many different ways. And it's, again, you just come in and you dog walked, one of the better teams in the AFC, a team that's going to win their division, no matter how bad that division is. Regardless, they still have a solid record. I, that NFC East, man, I cannot believe the NFC East is probably the best division in football right now. If you had told me that coming into this season, would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you for several minutes. Could not believe it. And here we are, number one and two, is the Eagles and Cowboys, and then you have the Giants and Commanders at 10 and 11, and one of the most competitive divisions we've seen in quite some time. And <laughs> I, I cannot believe it. Those are my power rankings, though. I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. Appreciate you guys for watching. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button, comment down below. What am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.